quickly, you try to shake off the feelings of unease, telling yourself that it's just your imagination getting the best of you. But as you walk briskly down the street, the sound of panting grows louder and more persistent, and you can feel the presence of something large and menacing behind you. Suddenly you hear a low growl, followed by the sound of something scraping against the pavement. You turn around, and in the dim light, you can make out the silhouette of a massive shaggy dog with glowing red eyes. Its breath comes in hot, ragged puffs, and you can feel the heat of its body radiating towards you. Fear grips you as you realize that this is no ordinary dog. This is a harbinger hound, a creature of the underworld sent to forewarn you of impending doom. You try to back away slowly, but the hound takes a step forward, its eyes never leaving yours. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we're discussing the Black Shuck, a ghostly black dog that may be an omen of death. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com. And be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow. And hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. The morning sun filtered through dusty curtains, waking Abby from a restless sleep. She blinked her eyes open and stared at the cobwebbed ceiling of her childhood bedroom, listening to the familiar creaks and groans of the old summer house. With a sigh, she dragged herself from the warmth of the bed and walked to the window. The overgrown garden below was alive with the chirps of birds and the scurry of small animals in the underbrush. Somewhere in the distance, waves lapped at the shore of the cold North Sea. Abby ran a hand through her tangled auburn hair and sighed again. Three weeks had passed since she had arrived in Dunwich, heartbroken and alone. The quiet solace she had sought among the familiarity of her family's home had healed some of the wounds, but a dull ache still lingered in her chest. I need to get out of this house, she thought, pulling on a pair of jeans and a faded sweatshirt. A walk on the beach will do me good. The wooden stairs creaked under her feet as she descended into the kitchen. Morning, Abby, Emma said, flipping through the pages of a book at the table. There's coffee on the stove if you want some. Thanks, Em. Abby poured herself a mug of the strong black coffee and took a seat across from her sister. Any plans for today? Emma shook her head, her blonde curls bouncing. Thought I'd work on my painting for a while. Want some company on your walk? No, that's all right. I could use some time alone. With a sympathetic smile, Emma nodded. I understand. 
Be careful out there. The tides can come in fast. I will. Abby finished her coffee and set the empty mug in the sink. See you later. The cool sea breeze kissed Abby's face as she stepped outside, and she took a deep breath of the salt air. In the distance, dark clouds were gathering over the horizon, but for now, the sun still shone down on the winding road that led to the beach. Abby set off at a brisk pace, her worn sneakers crunching on the gravel. As she walked, she tried to clear her mind of all thoughts, instead focusing on the sounds and smells around her. The cries of seabirds, the earthy scent of rain, the rhythmic crash of the waves. By the time she reached the shore, the first fat raindrops were beginning to fall. But Abby kept walking, staring out at the churning sea as her hair and clothes grew damp. She was alone with the storm and the tide, and for the first time in weeks, she felt at peace. The rain was pouring down in sheets now, the wind whipping it sideways into Abby's face. She squinted against the onslaught, her clothes plastered to her body. In the distance, a lone figure stood at the edge of the shore, gazing out at the sea. As Abby approached, she saw it was an older man, dressed in a worn tweed jacket and cap. He seemed utterly unfazed by the storm, as if lost in his own world. Abby hesitated wondering if she should turn back. But her curiosity got the better of her, and she made her way over to the man. Quite the storm, isn't it? She ventured. The man glanced at her, his eyes a pale sea glass blue. It's just rain. His voice was gravelly, carrying the distinct accent of the region. The real storm hasn't come yet. A chill ran down Abby's spine at his words. She frowned, wiping the rain from her eyes. I'm sorry. Do I know you? Thomas, wait. He tipped his cap to her. And you must be one of the Barton girls. Abigail, is it? Abby blinked in surprise. How did you know that? Not much happens in Dunwich that I don't know about, Thomas said. I'm something of a local historian and a, a storm watcher in my spare time. His odd manner and cryptic words set Abby on edge, but her curiosity won out again. A storm watcher? What does that mean? Thomas gazed back at the sea, his expression grim. There are forces at work here, beyond our understanding. Changes in the weather often herald other changes. If you have any sense, you'll head indoors and stay there. I don't understand, Abby said. What are you talking about? But Thomas just shook his head, pulling his cap lower over his eyes. His meaning was clear. The conversation was over. Abby stood for a moment in the rain, staring at the strange man. Then, with a shiver, she turned and headed back down the beach toward home. Abby quickened her pace, glancing over her shoulder more than once. Thomas's words echoed in her mind, leaving her unsettled. Changes in the weather often herald other changes? She shivered again, hurrying along the sand.
She quickened her pace, scanning the beach, but she was alone. Only the crashing waves kept her company. You're being silly, she told herself. It's just your imagination. Yet the prickling on the back of her neck wouldn't go away. She rubbed her arms, a chill seeping into her bones, despite the warm morning. In the distance, a dark shape caught her eye. A large black dog stood at the water's edge, its fur blending into the growing shadows. Abby froze in her tracks, her heart leaping into her throat. Bright eyes glowed as the creature turned its head, gazing straight at her. Panic rose inside her chest like a wave about to crest. Her legs felt weak, trembling beneath her weight. She wanted to run, but couldn't will her body to move. The black dog let out a bone-chilling howl that echoed across the darkening beach. Abby screamed. Finally breaking free of her paralysis, Abby raced across the sand as fast as she could. The black dog's heavy panting and pounding paws followed close behind, drawing nearer every second. She ran with all her might toward the beach house, a single thought repeating in her mind, Don't look back. Don't look back. Abby burst through the back door of the beach house, slamming it shut behind her. She leaned against it, gasping for breath as her heart threatened to pound out of her chest. Her siblings looked up from the living room, startled by the noise. Abby, what's wrong? Emma asked. Abby struggled to speak, her lungs still burning. I was just trying to outrun the rain. She wasn't sure why she didn't tell them the truth. Did you see the storm blowing in? Emma asked. It came out of nowhere. Abby nodded, rubbing her arms to warm them, trying to shake off the incident that had just taken place. I ran into someone on the beach who warned me to get inside. Who was it? Her brother, Henry, asked. A man named Thomas Waite. He said he was a local historian. Abby frowned thinking of their strange conversation. He told me there were forces at work here beyond our understanding. That sounds weird, Emma said. She glanced out the window at the turning sea. Maybe he's just superstitious. You know, because of all the old legends around here. Legends? Now Abby was intrigued. What legends? Oh, you know, ghosts and monsters and stuff. Emma waved a hand dismissively. Silly stories they tell to scare tourists. But Abby sensed there was more to it than that. What did this Thomas mean by changes in the weather heralding other changes? She looked between her siblings. Do you know what he was talking about? Henry and Emma exchanged a glance, reluctance clear on their faces. Finally, Henry sighed. Well... There is one old myth that talks about a black dog appearing before disaster strikes. They call it the Black Shuck. The Black Shuck, Abby repeated softly. The thought of Thomas's grim expression, his warning to stay indoors, and the dog she had just encountered. A chill crept down her spine as the rain continued to pound on the windows, and she remembered the horrible creature that had chased her home. Had it been the black shuck? 
Henry shrugged. It's just an old legend. Supposedly, it's a large black dog with red eyes that haunts the countryside. Sightings of it are said to foretell doom or disaster. Some stories say it's a spectral hound that prowls the coastline. Emma added, If you see it, it means death is coming for you or someone you know. A spectral hound. Abby shivered, peering out at the stormy day. The wind shook the windows and shadows flickered across the floor. She thought of Thomas's warning and felt a chill crawl down her spine. That's nonsense, she said, trying to sound dismissive, but their words had sparked her imagination, conjuring images of a monstrous black dog with fiery eyes hunting along the beach. Sensing her disquiet, Henry gave her a wry smile. Told you they were just silly legends. Abby forced a laugh. Right. Legends. Still, she couldn't shake the feeling that there was some truth behind the tales. And she couldn't help wondering if the black shuck was out there even now, prowling through the darkness and the rain. The storm passed quickly, but Henry told her that they were predicting stronger storms that evening. Abby, knowing she wouldn't be able to sleep through them, went to try and take a nap. But she tossed and turned as her thoughts were filled with the spectral dog with glowing red eyes. She finally drifted off, but her thoughts invaded her dreams as well. When she woke, she thought she had only been asleep for a few minutes, but her room had grown dark, and she could see the glimmer of lightning in the distance as it lit up her room. She got up and went to the living room, only to find Emma and Henry in the same place as they had been earlier. She wondered for a second if they had moved at all. Suddenly, the lights flickered and the power went out. Emma let out a startled yelp as the room plunged into darkness. The sound of the approaching storm outside grew louder and more menacing, and Abby felt a wave of panic rising within her chest. Henry fumbled for his phone, using its flashlight to illuminate the room. Great. Just great, he muttered. Now we're stuck in here in the dark with no power. Abby's heart was pounding in her ears as she edged closer to the window, peering out into the blackness. She thought she saw a shadow moving outside, and her breath caught in her throat. What was that? She whispered. Emma's voice was trembling. Guys, I'm scared. What if the black shuck is out there? Henry rolled his eyes. I thought we agreed that was just a silly legend. But Abby wasn't so sure. She felt as if something was watching them from the darkness. Something malevolent and dangerous. The storm outside was growing stronger, as if it were building up to something more powerful than just rain and wind. The hairs on the back of Abby's neck stood on end, and she felt a shiver run down her spine. Suddenly, there was a loud crash from outside, and the three siblings jumped in fright. Abby's heart was racing as she moved closer to the window, her eyes searching the darkness for any sign of movement. What was that? Emma asked, her voice shaking. I don't know, Abby replied, her voice barely above a whisper. Henry was already moving toward the door, phone light casting eerie shadows on the walls. I'm going to check it out, he said, 
You two stay here. Abby and Emma both protested, but Henry was already opening the door and stepping out into the darkness. Abby watched as his light disappeared into the night, swallowed up by the storm. Minutes ticked by, and Abby felt her anxiety growing with every passing second. She could hear the wind and rain battering the house, and the sound of her own heartbeat pounding in her ears. The power was still out, leaving them in complete darkness. Abby's mind was racing with possibilities of what could be happening outside. Was Henry okay? What had caused the crash they heard? Suddenly there was a loud knock at the door. Abby jumped, startled. Henry? She called out. There was no response. Just another knock at the door. Emma clung to Abby's arm, her nails digging into the skin. Don't answer it, she whimpered. Abby hesitated, her heart pounding in her chest. But her curiosity got the best of her, and she tentatively moved toward the door. She peered through the peephole, but the darkness outside made it impossible to see anything. Who is it? She called out, her voice shaking. There was no response, just another knock at the door. Abby felt a knot form in her stomach as she slowly reached for the door handle. As she opened the door, a gust of wind and rain blasted into the house, drenching her in seconds. Abby squinted into the darkness, trying to make out any shape or figure. What she saw made her blood run cold. Standing before her was a massive black dog with fur as dark as the night and eyes that glowed like hot coals. The dog was twice the size of any normal canine, and its breath smelled of death and decay. Abby stumbled back, slamming the door shut and locking it. She felt Emma clutching to her, and she could hear her own heart pounding in her ears. She turned to face her sister. It's the black shuck, Abby whispered. Emma's eyes were wide with fear. What do we do? Abby looked around, thinking frantically. The storm outside was only getting worse, and the black shuck was still out there, pounding at the door. She could feel the fear building inside her, threatening to overwhelm her. Then she remembered Thomas's warning. We have to stay indoors, she said, her voice shaking. Thomas said that's the only way to stay safe. Emma nodded, her eyes never leaving the door. Abby could see the terror etched on her face, but she knew they had no choice. They had to trust in Thomas's warning and wait out the storm. For what felt like an eternity, they huddled in the dark, listening to the wind howling outside and the black shucks snarls and barks. Abby could feel her fear turning into a kind of numb resignation. They were trapped with no escape from whatever fate awaited them. Then finally, the storm began to fade. The wind died down, and the rain slowed to a drizzle. Abby could hear the barks growing fainter and fainter until they were nothing but a distant echo. A week passed after the storm, 
and Abby's thoughts on the black shuck had taken on a life of their own in the form of paranoia and fear. She decided to go for a walk to prove to herself that she could overcome this irrational obsession. After all, she hadn't seen the dog even once since that night. Emma was thinking about that night as she walked. Henry had taken shelter in the barn when he saw the large black dog. There was no doubt it was real because he had seen it too. The rustling of leaves in the wind sent a chill down Abby's spine as she hurried down the winding forest path. Her heart raced, pounding against her ribs, as her eyes darted between shadows. Somewhere in the distance, a twig snapped. Abby froze in her tracks, panic rising in her chest. Her breath came in short, ragged gasps as she strained to see through the gloom, but the woods were eerily silent just my imagination again, she told herself, but the familiar mantra did little to calm her frayed nerves. Ever since her last encounter with the beast, Abby had avoided the forest at all costs. Now even the rustle of trees in the breeze sounded like the black shuck stalking her, waiting to pounce from the shadows. Abby quickened her pace, ignoring the ache in her side as she broke into a jog. She had to get out of these woods, now. Her heart slammed against her ribcage as she ran, pounding in time with her footsteps. When she finally stumbled from the tree line near her house, Abby collapsed to the ground, chest heaving. She was safe now, but the panic remained, a bitter taste in her mouth. Emma emerged from the house, concern etched into her features. Abby, what happened? She rushed to her sister's side and crouched down, placing a comforting hand on her shoulder. Abby looked up with a start, eyes wide, but it was only Emma. She let out a shaky breath, the vice around her chest loosening its grip. The same thing as always, Abby said bitterly. I thought I saw the black shuck again. Emma pursed her lips. This has gone on long enough. You can't keep living in fear like this. What am I supposed to do? Abby snapped. Pretend it doesn't exist? No, but there are ways to protect yourself. Emma reached into her pocket and pressed a small silver charm in Abby's palm. A wolf's head, finely crafted. Carry this with you. It will ward off evil spirits. Abby stared at the charm, torn between gratitude for her sister's concern and annoyance at her superstitions. You know I don't believe in these things. Just humor me, Emma said. It can't hurt. And maybe, maybe it will give you some peace of mind so you can start enjoying life again. Abby sighed but slipped the chain over her head all the same. She didn't believe the charm held any real power. But if it eased Emma's worries and her own, she would carry the foolish thing. There, Emma said with a small triumphant smile. Now you're protected. Abby pulled her into a fierce hug. Thank you for everything. Emma hugged her back just as tightly. You're welcome. That's what sisters are for. The woods loomed before her, dark and forbidding. Abby clutched the silver wolf charm in her fist, taking a deep breath. She didn't believe it would ward off any evil spirits but it was a comforting weight against her chest all the same. Stilling her nerves, Abby stepped onto the winding trail. 
Sunlight filtered through the canopy above in mottled patterns. Everything seemed normal, peaceful even. Yet, after a few minutes of walking, the hair on the back of her neck prickled. Her heart began to pound as she picked up her pace. She told herself it was just her imagination, left over fear from her past encounter. Then she saw a shadow flicker in the trees ahead. An enormous shaggy shadow seemed to turn and look straight at her with glowing red eyes. Abby froze in place, her breath catching in her throat. It was the black shuck. She was sure of it. Panic rose inside her chest like a living thing, squeezing the air from her lungs. Her vision tunneled until all she could see was the shadowy figure peering out from the woods. She had to get away. Abby turned and ran blindly down the trail, heart slamming against her ribs. Her breath came in ragged gasps as terror flooded her senses. Behind her, she could hear the heavy panting of the beast giving chase. Its paws thundered against the ground, growing ever closer. Faster! She had to run faster! But her legs were turning to jelly, and dark spots danced across her vision. The beast let out a bone-chilling howl that echoed through the forest. It was nearly upon her now, ready to drag her down into the darkness from which it came. Abby stumbled and crashed to the ground, a sob catching in her throat. She was going to die here, alone and afraid. Then a sharp, familiar voice cut through the fog in her mind. Abby! Abby, wake up! Her eyes flew open with a gasp. She was lying in her own bed, drenched in cold sweat. Emma stood over her, features etched with concern. It had all been just a nightmare. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For hundreds of years, the people of East Anglia have whispered tales of a large black dog with evil flaming eyes that is said to roam the coastline and countryside. Sometimes its eyes are red, other times green. And yet other times, only one large red eye appears from the middle of its forehead. Its eyes are described as being like saucers. Often, he is headless, yet his eyes, where eyes should be, glow in the dark. He may wear a collar of chains that rattle as he moves. Black shuck tails are common in the folklore of Essex, Norfolk, Suffolk, and the Cambridgeshire Fens. And there are many different accounts of the beast. Some accounts characterize it as a death omen, while others describe it as friendly. In addition to haunting graveyards, deserted country roads, foggy marshes, and the hills around settlements, the black shuck prowls the beaches. He frequently travels along old, straight roads or tracks that are thought to represent lays, invisible lines of earth energy that were used by ancient people to locate villages and religious sites. Black Shuck's spine-chilling cries can be heard rising above the wind on stormy nights. Travelers may feel his frigid breath on their necks, despite his feet making no noise or leaving any tracks behind. Meeting or seeing Black Shuck predicts impending death or bad luck within a year. Black Shuck, though, is thought to remain safe in Suffolk, as long as he is not harassed. To even mention the Black Shuck is unlucky in some areas of Devon. This is what happened in 1972, when a Mr. Graham Grant, then aged 34, and an officer with HM Coast Guard, was keeping a lone vigil one rough windy night at the lookout station on the south pier of Gorleston, near Great Yarmouth, on the east coast of Norfolk. Mr. Grant describes what happened. While on duty at the Coast Guard headquarters on the Gorleston South Pier on April 19, 1972, Dawn had just broken, so I started to scan the coastline to the south of my station, then to the north. Both coastlines were clear, but I did observe a black dog a quarter of a mile to the north of me, on Yarmouth Beach, and at the time, I thought nothing of it. A scan out to the sea confirmed that my area was clear for the time being, so I turned my eyes once again to the dog. It was running up and down the beach as if looking for someone. It was about 50 yards from the sea. The nearest description of the dog I can give is as follows. It was a large black hound-like animal, standing about three feet from head to feet. I didn't notice its eyes at the time, but I feel sure that it had two. Old Shuck has been reported with one eye, like a cyclops. I feel sure that if the animal had only one eye, it would have stuck in my mind without a doubt. Its mouth was open like any dog that has been running, and I noticed nothing outstanding about its teeth. I observed the animal for some two minutes or more, never taking my eyes off it. 
Then it just faded away, as if a veil of silk had been drawn over it. I thought that it had dropped into a hole, but on looking more broadly at the beach with my big 30 by 80 glasses, this was out of the question. Bulldozers had been on the beach the day before to move the sand away from the seawall, and the beach was as flat as a pancake. Plus, the fact that the wind had leveled the sand so that the beach looked like a tennis court. No question of a hole. Also, the Coast Guard lookout is 26 feet above sea level, so at all times I was looking down on the beach. The time of 4.48 was my last sighting of the animal, but I remained observing the area until 5.55 hours with negative results. My feelings at the time were a little mixed, for I was a trained observer and have excellent vision, and I told myself that things like that just do not happen. I was also very curious. Nothing odd about the dog's appearance escaped his attention. After about two minutes of watching, the dog abruptly vanished from his field of vision. Although the beach had been bulldozed the day before and was flat and smooth, Grant speculated that it may have fallen into a hole. Grant watched the shore for the following hour, but the animal did not come back. Grant had never heard of the black shuck folklore. Harold Cox, a different member of staff, was informed about the beach dog. Cox informed him of the myth and forewarned him of the bad luck that is purported to follow a glimpse. Grant didn't seem concerned. Cox, who was in his mid-fifties, passed away from a heart attack while still seated in the same chair from where he had told Grant the black shuck tale, around ten weeks earlier, during the last week of June 1972. Grant's father also passed away from heart failure at his Yorkshire home in February 1973. It's interesting to note that the black shuck has long been associated with the region where Grant spotted the dog. Especially haunted by the spectral dog is a road that once served as a track between Girlston and Great Yarmouth. People who drive at night across the countryside claim to see his shadowy figure sprinting along desolate country roads or leaping across the road in front of them. Black shuck's name may have originated from the local term shucky, which means shaggy. Some people think that the name Black Shuck comes from the Anglo-Saxon word skucka, which means demon or Satan. Other names include Swooning Shadow, the Black Dog of Torrington, the Hateful Thing, Old Shuck, the Galley Trot, the Shug Monkey, the Churchyard Beast or Hell Beast, and the Shug Monkey. Black Shuck is described as having a variety of shapes and sizes, including those of a huge dog, a calf, or a horse. According to W.A. Dutt's description of the creature in his 1901 book, Highways and Byways in East Anglia, Dutt says, and I quote, He takes the form of a huge black dog and prowls along dark lanes and lonesome-filled footpaths, where, although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, his footfalls make no sound. You may know him at once, you should see him, by his fiery eyes. He has but one, and that, like the Cyclops, is in the middle of his head. But such an encounter might bring you the worst of luck. It is even said that to meet him is to be warned that your death will occur before the end of the year. So you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain, whether it is the dog fiend or the voice of the wind you hear. Should you never set your eyes on our Norfolk's snarly yow, you may perhaps doubt his existence. And, like other learned folks, Tell us that his story is nothing but the old Scandinavian myth 
of the Black Hound of Odin, brought to us by the Vikings, who long ago settled down on the Norfolk coast. People in Bungie, England, are all too aware of the alleged powers of the Black Shuck. One piece of local lore from 1577 claims that this enormous hellhound tore down the church doors amid a burst of lightning, killing two individuals who were kneeling in prayer. The stories claim that the eerie apparition then traveled 12 miles to Blytheburg Church, where it murdered two more individuals. In England, a black shuck first appears in writing in the town of Peterborough in 1127. There was quite a commotion upon Abbot Henry of Poitou's entry into the Abbey of Peterborough. It was on a Sunday. Many men both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge, and hideous, and rode on black horses and on black he-goats, and their hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. This was seen in the very deer park of the town of Peterborough, from all the woods that stretch from that same town of Stamford, and in the night the monks heard them sounding and winding their horns. Witnesses reported that between 20 and 30 of these devilish creatures remained in the area for roughly 50 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter. This event is also known as the Wild Hunt, and it wasn't just an English thing. The legendary roots of the Black Shuck are explained by tales from all over Central, Western, and Northern Europe that describe boisterous phantom wild chases over untamed territories. Wild hunts were related to the transition from fall to winter in the Northern cultures, perhaps because chilly winds blew in and forced people indoors. During the winter, anyone who didn't make it inside risked freezing to death. So it would make it reasonable to perceive roaring winds as a pack of hunters. To encourage people to stay inside, people were creating myths about their surrounding areas. Winds may not be as terrifying as a pack of dogs on the hunt, but the results could be the same. A person could be killed if they didn't escape the black shuck. A black shuck was characterized as a huge dog with mangy black fur by anyone who saw one. These dogs were reportedly larger than average, with some reaching horse-like proportions. They appeared to be insane, rabid, or obsessively searching for their next meal, since they were foaming at the mouth. Two different spectral dog legends have been connected to the black shuck folklore in Littleport, Cambridgeshire, but they have important differences. Local folklorist W.H. Barrett tells the tale of a large black dog that haunts the area after dying defending a local girl from a lustful friar in pre-Reformation times. While fellow folklorist Enid Porter tells tales of a black dog that haunts the A-10 after its owner drowned in the nearby river in the 1800s. In popular culture, the black shuck has made its way into games, movies, music, and books. The Black Shuck is a mini-boss that can be met while traveling across East Anglia's countryside in the 2020 video game Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It can be found in the midst of a demolished structure, consuming a corpse. When slain, it grants the player a skill point and its severed head. One of the main characters in Teen Wolf is told by an ancient hellhound ghost that has taken possession of someone that it has several names one of which is Black Shuck. Black Shuck is also the name of a song by the British rock group, The Darkness, that appeared on their self-titled debut album in 2003. 
The graphic novel, The Burning Black, Legend of the Black Shuck, which had previously been crowdfunded on Kickstarter, was released by Renegade Arts Entertainment in June 2019, with illustrations by Ryan Howe and lettering by Elaine M. Will. The book was written by Mark Allard Will. Black Shuck serves as the graphic novel's primary adversary. The Black Shuck legend is still alive today, thanks to news of a massive dog skeleton discovered in 2013, close to an abbey in Layston, Suffolk, which is south of Bungie. The Daily Mail said that the skeleton belonged to a 200-pound, 7-foot-tall male dog. The old clock on the wall ticked away the seconds, its steady rhythm like a heartbeat in the quiet summer night. Abby lay in bed, the windows open to let the cool breeze in, and listened to the sounds of crickets chirping outside. It had been over a month since she last saw the spectral hound that had haunted her dreams, its cold red eyes gazing into her soul. The charm Emma had given her, the wolf's head necklace, seemed to have worked. Abby sighed and turned over, pulling the quilt up to her chin. The old house creaked, settling in for the night, but she felt at peace. Dunwich had started to feel like home. She had grown used to the quirks and noises of the old house, the way the floorboards groaned under her feet in the hallway, and the attic door always seemed to swing open by itself. The townspeople had warmed to her as well, waving and smiling when she passed them on the street. Mr. Thompson at the general store had even offered her a part-time job helping out in his shop. It felt right, like maybe this is where she was meant to be. Once the summer break was over, she applied for a job teaching at the school in town. It wasn't what she was used to back home, but she looked forward to the experience and change. The breakup with Mark, as painful as it had been, had led her here, to this place of quiet and solitude by the sea that nourished her soul. She smiled into the darkness, listening to the whispers of the wind. The black shuck was gone banished by the power of the charm, and she was no longer afraid. Until one night, when she stayed late to grade some papers before going home. She had just finished up when the floorboards made a creaking sound under her feet as she made her rounds, checking that all the windows were locked in the empty schoolhouse. Most of the teachers had left hours ago, their voices and laughter fading into the distance as night fell. Abby paused, a prickle of unease running down her spine. The silence felt heavy, weighted, with some unseen presence. She shook off the feeling, rubbing her arms against the chill, just her imagination playing tricks in the dark. She walked down the long hall towards the back exit, glancing into the shadowy classrooms along the way. In one room, she thought she saw a flicker of movement from the corner of her eye. Abby whipped around, peering at the rows of small desks and chairs, the pile of books in the corner. Nothing. As she approached the back door, she heard the scrape of claws on wood behind her, a low growl rumbling through the air. Her heart jumped as she whirled to find a pair of glowing red eyes reflecting the dim light from the windows. A black shape detached itself from the shadows, padding towards her on silent paws. Abby's breath caught in her throat. The charm hadn't worked after all. The black shuck had come for her. She fumbled for the door handle, yanking the door open and rushing out into the cold night. 
A bolt of terror shot through her as she heard the scrabble of claws gaining on the wooden floor, the creak of the door swinging open behind her. She ran without looking back, fleeing into the dark. The beast's hot, fetid breath stirred the hair on the nape of her neck. Closer and closer it came, a shadow at her heels, snapping jaws inches from her skin. She ran until her lungs burned, ran for her life with death on her trail. The black shuck was stalking her, and this time there would be no escape. But as she ran down the street, away from the school towards home, she realized that she could no longer hear the snapping jaws or growls behind her. She slowed to a stop, panting and gasping for breath. Turning around, she saw nothing but the darkness and the empty street. The black shuck was nowhere to be found. Fear still gripped her heart, and she knew that she couldn't stay outside for long. She ran the rest of the way home, still looking over her shoulder in case the spectral hound had resumed its pursuit. Finally, she reached the front door and fumbled for her keys. She found herself wishing desperately that Emma and Henry hadn't went back home. Her hands were shaking so badly that it took her several tries to get the key in the lock. Once she was inside, she slammed the door shut and locked it, leaning against it as she caught her breath. It had been a month since she had last seen the black shuck. She had thought that the charm had worked, that she was finally safe, but now she knew better. But she had seen the spectral beast three times, and nothing had happened. Did that mean it was over? Or did that mean that the next time would be the end of her? The next day, Abby sat numbly staring at the phone in her hands. Her estranged boyfriend, Mark, had been in a car accident. He and two friends had been on a road trip upstate the trip she was supposed to have gone on. Now, Mark was gone, killed on the winding mountain roads in a fiery crash. She thought of the black shuck chasing her through the school the night before, its glowing eyes and snarling jaws. Abruptly, she understood. The hound of death had not come for her. It had come to warn her. It had stalked her, hunted her, to show her a glimpse of the doom to come. The charm had not failed. The doom it pretended was not her own. Abby dropped the phone, clutching at her head as the full realization sank in. The black shuck, the beast of ill omen, had brought her a warning. Now she knew, with a chill of dread, that there were forces beyond reason in this world. There were harbingers of death black beasts that prowled the shadows whispering of doom. She sat alone in silence as a cold knot of fear and grief twisted in the pit of her stomach. The black shuck had awakened something dark and primitive in her, a belief in omens she could never unsee. Now she knew with grim certainty that there were darker things in the world than she had ever dreamed. The hound of death was real, and she would always fear its coming. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes, too, to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. 
Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Unexplained Encounters, Tales from the Break Room, and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.